Have you ever wanted to start a business but feel stuck and don't know how to start? I want to get you from idea to income in less than 90 days so you can change lives and make an impact while earning money. My name is Barbie Jo and welcome to Passion to Profit. Hello everyone, Barbie Jo here and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today we have Jen Martin, the founder of Reset Your Nest. She is a luxury home organizer and she started back in 2020 right at the onset of COVID-19. In two years, she went from hustling on her own to sending out multiple teams of trained organizers each day to transform clients' homes. She has helped hundreds of clients find calm in the chaos and now has over 30 women who work for her and is expanding to multiple new locations in 2022. Reset Your Nest is known for its distinct aesthetic and curated systems that are created for each client. Welcome to the show, Jen. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Barbie Jo. So tell us, how did you get started? How did this all begin? (laughs) It's so funny thinking that so much has happened in the last two years. I always knew that when my kids were going to start school, I wanted to do something. And I knew where my my strengths were. And so I knew I wanted it to be somewhere in the home world. And I didn't know if that was helping with styling or staging. I always loved organizing, but that industry was so unknown to me at the time. I didn't even know it was a thing. And so as my kids started to get a little bit older, that was right when um, certain organizers were putting the organizing industry on the map a little bit for us. And um, my husband lost his job at the end of 2019. And I really feel like the heavens opened and God's just said, guess what? I know your youngest isn't in first grade yet, but the time is now. You get to do this now. And I felt like I was given permission or directive or whatever it was. And I really felt like that was my moment and I had to seize it, whether I wanted to or not. And so I just went for it. Under the circumstances, I didn't have a huge budget to start with. So I made my own website. I announced to the world that I was a professional organizer. I read every book I could get my hands on. I followed every organizing Instagram account I could find. I studied. I bought every product on the planet and then would return it. I would test it out. I would try it. I organized my whole house. And I just decided that that's what I was doing. And the ball just started rolling. And I I figured it out very quickly. (laughs) That is so cool. That is so amazing. First of all, that you had the courage to start. Because so many of us, I think, are just afraid to get started. They want proof of concept. They want that confidence to know they can do it well. They want, you know, everything done before they start. And to hear that you just did it, you just got started, is amazing. And I think so inspiring. Thank you. I hope to empower women to be able to do what I've done without having to go through what I went through because I don't know unless I felt like I was pushed off the the edge of the cliff like I was. I don't know if I ever would have had the courage to do it because it is really, really scary to put yourself out there, especially in this industry where there, you can't have a degree or a master's or a PhD and it's so individual and stylized. You just have to own what you know you're good at and do a whole lot of research and learning, but just go for it. And yeah, I hope other women can have that same courage because it is hard. 
I think that's so empowering just to hear you say that, to hear that other people struggle. Like it doesn't go away. We all have to face that fear one day or another. And to hear that you did it and you overcame it. And now you have this wonderful business and you're impacting hundreds of lives is just amazing. And that's why we do it, right? To put good out into the world, to help improve other people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. It is the best job because it really, you are in such a positive environment and it's so fun that you can actually make money while genuinely knowing that you're making people, like you're transforming not just homes, but you really are transforming lives. It's so rewarding. It is. It is so rewarding. Okay. I want to talk now because a lot of people will come and say, oh, I'm doing okay in business. You know, I have my organizing business. I'm doing okay, but I don't want to grow. Maybe a fear of success settles in a little bit, but they're, I think they're thinking that that will require more of that time-wise, commitment-wise, and that they don't want to spend more time in the business. When in reality, tell me your thoughts on this. The more you grow and expand, the less you are actually working. Yes. (laughs) In a complicated way. In a complicated way. And I think it requires some time. I feel like I can confidently say at this point, yes, scaling has now helped me to have a a much better work-life balance and um, be a mom again. But I do... I, I'm sure there's a better way to do to do it, but the first two years were were literally 60, 70, 80 hour weeks where my kids just completely fended for themselves. I wasn't exercising, I wasn't sleeping. I was it was a lot of hustling. And maybe delegating earlier on would have saved me from having to learn the hard way that that is not sustainable in any way, shape, or form. But um I am at a point now where I do have a, a support team and a team of women and I am working much more normal hours and my business is is really thriving and we're continuing to grow. So yeah, I I do think yes, growing can make it so you're not working around the clock, but for me it was definitely a process and I had to feel confident that my that my business could sustain you know the overhead that comes with delegating before I was willing to take that leap, but it can happen. (laughs) It took some time for me before I was able to make it. Right. Well, let's talk about scaling. Let's talk about, let's break it down for our listeners so they can understand maybe the thought process that goes behind scaling. And and I don't know, let's maybe walk them through this. How did it work out for you? Because I remember the first time I was like, I can't do this job by myself anymore. This is just costing me way too much emotionally, physically, mentally. I I need help. I need an assistant. I can't do this alone anymore. So for me, that was my first step to wanting to bring on help. Tell us about yours. I think mine was much the same. I I was lucky when I was first in the very beginning stages, it was right at the onset of COVID and so um, I think I was 
it was a perfect scenario for me to go into a home just myself because that was probably the most anyone would ever have allowed in their homes at the time. But during summer of 2020, I was getting bigger jobs and I reset your nest really loves to do um, one day transformations. I mean, that's kind of the idea. If you're going to pull it all out and clean it, like let's just get it all back in, in containers that fit perfectly. Let's make sure that custom labels are done. Like one day in and out, we are done. But it's just not physically possible for one person to do that. There's just no way. I mean, even a pantry, some people think, oh, it only takes a few hours to organize a pantry. Like it doesn't, it is a huge production. Um, And then you're talking garages, kitchens, like they're just massive undertakings. Um, And so I realized that I needed a team much like you. And so it kind of started with me like taking my little sister, my friend who is a neighbor, you know, just one person here and one person there. And then um, I had a big garage project come up and it was that light bulb moment was like, I I can't do this without a team. So I officially invited certain people to be part of my team. I went in with five people, five or six that day. And we knocked this garage out of the park in one day. And that was my real light bulb moment. It was like, okay, I will never do a job again. I will never do a job without a team because this is how it's supposed to be done. Yeah, right. And I've had organizers come to me and say, oh, well, I can't afford a team. Or it's, it's, I end up taking home nothing if I bring a team with me. And they're not factoring in that it doesn't have to cost you anything out of pocket. You just build it into your price. And that's how you grow. Absolutely. <laughs> and really, I had a mentor who talked to me and she she was also an organizer and told me that that is how she makes her money. Um, she just said she wouldn't be profitable if she was just going in. But in order to get the jobs done and then you know, paying people, hopefully a, fair, a very fair wage, but charging the client more, the bigger team you have, that is all profit. It's not going back into product. It's not going, you know, that is, that's where you actually make money too. So not only do you get the job done faster, which makes the client happier, but that's where you make money is in bigger teams. Yeah, totally. I think so many are afraid to charge more, but if they realize, you know what, it might take you three days alone and then you've lost opportunities to have other clients, whatever. But in those three days, you could have knocked that out with, you know, five times the manpower in a less amount of time. So I think ultimately you're saving them money. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think this comes down to just valuing what we do. And I am not the kind of person who can afford a, a luxury organizer. So I totally understand wanting the service and not being able to justify the expense of it. It's a very expensive service. And I've had a hard time with that. I want to be able to help everyone. I feel like everyone needs this and it really does change lives. And so how can I come to terms with that? Instagram has been and blogging has been a great outlet for me to feel like I'm being really generous with all the things I've learned um, to help people, but to acknowledge that the service that we are providing for people should be valued. And yes, it is expensive. Yes, for some people, it will feel like a really big investment, but it is absolutely worth it. And the truth is the people who are willing to pay those premium prices expect a premium experience and they will be your best clients. 
It's the people who are like wanting to pinch pennies that are going to be a little more nitpicky and harder to harder to satisfy. Um, and that was hard for me to come to terms with too. I really had to accept my value and my team's value and train them and make sure that they were really good at what they did. And then just own that this is a luxury service and there's a luxury price attached. And yeah. Exactly. I'm so glad you said that because not everybody is your client and that's okay. Like we are in the luxury industry we have chosen a clientele that is very specific to the service we offer, to the prices we express. And that was a choice. That was a decision that we made. And I think that's so important for, first of all, a business owner to decide who is your ideal client and then not be apologetic if somebody comes to you and they're not your client to just be like, you know what? It's okay. This is, I'm not going to bend for you. This is what we do and what we offer. If it's not for you, that's okay. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. I get the question a lot from other organizers and, and it's just, what is different about a luxury home organizer than a regular organizer? So I'm interested to see how you would answer the question. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I know what I share with people about why Reset Your Nest is different. Um, because when I was doing a lot of um, market analysis, when I started my business, I wanted to see what was going on in my state, what was going on in the country, what people were charging, what services they provided. You know, lots of people would do like packages, like a few hours or whatever it is. Um, I, the way that Reset Your Nest functions as a luxury home organizer with the one day transformations, um, is we don't just come in and move your things around and there's nothing wrong with that. But we come in, we take everything out, we bring basically the container store into the client's home. So we have an expert knowledge of products and we can shop from those products to put the perfect products in place, organizing products in place that match the aesthetic of the home, the style of the client, the lifestyle of the household, and then we make custom labels, um, really consulting with a client one-on-one to not just put like a band-aid or a one-size-fits-all approach on, you know, like this is how we do kitchens. And you don't get to say like, we're constantly asking questions like, how do you cook? Is baking a priority? Like how tall is the client? We'll always say like, well, is she short? She needs to be able to reach that second shelf. So we're going to bring it down. Whatever it is, like we think of every detail. So when you leave. I mean, that's like hiring an interior designer for your cabinets. Um, Yeah, I really think that that is all those things is very different than what the organizing industry, I believe, was 10 years ago, even five years ago. Um, It's just a different, a different way of looking at it. Oh, totally. Absolutely. And that's interesting that you are explaining that communication with the client. Because I think that is so important to have good communication, but to get it all nailed out up front. So you don't have to have your client working alongside you through the process. They just get to come in at the end and be, you know, surprised. Whereas I know a lot of people's approach is they expect their client to work alongside them throughout the entire process. And that's a lot of work for a client. 
It's exhausting. We do. I mean, sometimes our clients, I know it's exhausting because we do ask a lot of questions. But even that, just even answering questions that we've already done all the physical labor for and all the... It, it's like mentally exhausting to let go of things, to think about systems. So yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to carry that load. In fact, when I was first starting out, that's how I thought you did it. I thought you have your client work alongside you and they're telling you along the way with every corner you turn, yes, I want that there. No, I don't. Yes, I like that. No, I don't. And they burned out. After two hours, I was like, my client's pooped after two hours. And I'm like, okay. So I started thinking every session would just be two hours long. And that's when I realized, wow, this is so inefficient (laughs) and so underwhelming and overwhelming for the client. That's when I had my light bulb moment of the one day transformation. Like, you know what? You just sit back and relax. We've asked you all the questions. We have a good feel for who you are, how you do things, how you like things. We're going to just come in here and take care of it all for you. Yeah. And it's so interesting too, because that clientele, that's the service they want. Because these are, you know, moms who are working or, and even if it's moms who aren't working, but it's, it's households who are busy and successful and they do not have time for it. And probably whether they just want like an extra organized home or they just have a completely chaotic home, they do not have the time to figure it out and they just want it taken care of for them. So that's, I, it's, it all comes together because it really is as you model your business that way, then you're appealing to your client, your ideal client. So, yes. And I'm really glad you brought up the fact that we are like interior designers because oftentimes I'll introduce myself and say, I'm a professional organizer and they think I'm a housekeeper, that I clean homes. Like the world really doesn't understand what a professional organizer does or is. So I finally came up with just this little elevator pitch that I use all the time where I just explain to people, you know what? I'm an interior designer of storage solutions. And then they're like, Oh, because everyone knows what interior design is. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is a key component, especially in the luxury industry. Absolutely. And you're elevating it too, so that there's a more realistic price point in their head right off the bat. Because really, I truly feel like if you would never hire an interior designer for your home, you might be uncomfortable with the price tag of hiring a luxury home organizer for your home. So they really are similar clientele. Totally. And I get it. There are different degrees of organizers out there in the world. Um, I have a student who loves to deal with hoarders. She That is where she thrives. She's really good with working one-on-one with the client, helping them emotionally process and mentally process, you know, letting go of things and decluttering. She loves that. And then she just leaves her client right there at that point of, you know, we downsized and we decluttered and then she's done. Her job is done. And that's fine, but that is not what we offer. The luxury home organizer, I think, comes in after the point of declutter and just makes everything beautiful, functional, beautiful, streamlined. I don't know. what. How would you best describe it? 
Oh, I think you absolutely did it. I think that that, and I think there's a place for all of it. You know, there's definitely like, yes, there are different niches and, and the luxury one is more a focus on aesthetic and systems and like finishing it to completion. Um, just leaving it hopefully perfect, you know, in every way, easy to maintain. Um, yeah. So I really think that's how we differentiate. That's great. I love, I need to start using this whole explanation when people ask, well, what's the difference between a luxury organizer and home organizer? Because I used to always just say the clientele is what's different. We're working in multi-million dollar homes. We're working with the upper class. So our clientele is very different than if you were working in middle or lower class and you, it's just a totally different environment. It is. And the expectations are higher, you know, I mean, there is a little bit more yes. pressure. It's like, okay, there is more pressure. I'm owning this price that I'm charging. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I am bringing in, I mean, I say I'm only bringing in the highest quality products that my organizers are incredibly well-trained and I have to, if I'm going to talk the talk, like we need to walk the walk. But so there's more expectations there, but I think, you know, it's worth it. And it just is a little scarier. Okay. So really quick, I get a lot of questions too about new organizers coming in, not knowing how to give an estimate. So tell us what are your best practices for giving an estimate? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this. Um, this is an area where I really, really struggle and I always have, and I'm so grateful now for a CEO and we are, my CEO is very data driven. So we are collecting as much data as we possibly can. And I think eventually, like, let's have a chat in a year and I'll be able to have really good <laughs> answers. And some of my organizer friends in Utah, they give, they give really good estimates. They don't even tell their clients their hourly rate. They just bid a job and they'll give them an estimate, which is awesome. That's how they do all of their, their billing. Um, I have always said we bill hourly. So whatever time we're in home organizing, that's what the client's going to pay. And then we have them reimbursed the cost of product just straight across. We don't upsell product. And when I give an estimate, usually I'll use that as my framework where I think, okay, for this garage, I'm going to schedule five organizers to come in. We really like our jobs to be about six hours because organizing is really strenuous work. So after six hours, like we all want to go home. But there's no guarantee. Like we could end early. We might go late. We are going to finish the job. So I can give the client kind of an estimate as to like, well, this many organizers times this many hours equals this many dollars in labor. And typically, but not always, a good amount to budget for product is about the same in labor as it is for cost of product materials. Um, I found that that's helpful. But my short answer is, I actually really don't give estimates. I just try and be as transparent as I can about our prices and how long I think it's going to take. But it's something I'm really uncomfortable with. And it's still really hard for me to, to mm. end up organizing. You never know what you're going to get when you're going through it's people's true. things. It just is- it's true. Well, it's interesting because everyone has their own way of doing it. And it's all so, so different. So I just love hearing how everybody does it. And I don't know if I've even shared on the podcast how I do it, but I remember doing my mom's pantry and it was a good size pantry. 
And I remember thinking, okay, that took me alone four hours. So that became my mark of measurement. So if I knew the space was about that size, I was like, okay, that would take me four hours. If it was double that size, I'd be like, okay, that would take me eight hours. How many team members do I want to bring in with me to compensate to have it done in under that time? And that was my benchmark. I used my mom's pantry as my form of measurement for how long a project would take me for a long time. But I will say something that was really interesting is I started telling my clients or my students rather, not my in-home clients, to take their prices off their websites and to just offer an estimate, but to kind of overshoot the estimate. So um, it just eliminates that first question, like, well, what are your rates? You could say, oh, well, every project is completely different. We can give you an estimate if you'd like. And I had so many people say, oh my gosh, the second I took my prices off, I started booking consultations. Really? And I think it creates that intrigue where they're like, oh, I wonder what this process looks like and how much this would cost. And they're not already, you know, shown a price and going, oh, that's so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Crunching numbers. But then at the same time, you do want to weed out the people that you know can't afford it and you don't want to waste your time there. So, I mean, give or take, there's always pros and cons to everything. But I just found that really interesting. And so, yeah, I now practice the way where... I have my hourly rate inside my head and I don't share that with the world. So when I give an estimate, that's how I'm formulating it. How many hours, what my hourly rate is. And then I too double that for an estimate of product, but I try to overshoot. So I'm not then billing them for more than what we estimated in the beginning. But anyway, that's how my, my other organizer friends, it sounds like they have a very similar approach and I, I think it's super fascinating. And I wonder if Reset Your Nest will get there. Just me with my own personal... That's always been something that I personally have struggled with now that I have a team. Maybe it'll change, but that's really interesting. I think that's really cool. But that's how you do like, that. I don't think my team even knows how much my rate is. Because when we go to a job, my rate is a lot different than what I'm paying them. And I don't think they even know. Because we just give them the estimate. And it's the overall number for everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you're right. It is kind of personal and it is kind of hard to be like, well, this is what I'm worth and this is what I'm asking for. It can be kind of intimidating, embarrassing, scary, whatever. So I think being able to just calculate that into the end price, into the estimate, no one needs to know. Yeah. Unless they want an itemized breakdown, you know, of the invoice at the end or whatever. But yeah. That helps with the the scariness. (laughs) No, that's really cool. Anyway, I... Okay, I have loved chatting with you. I could chat with you for another hour. But tell us where we can find you. If someone wanted to reach out and hire you or if somebody wanted to join your team even, tell us how we can find you. Um, It's just all on my website, resetyournest.com. It's all one word. And yeah, there's a jobs tab at the bottom or a link to apply for jobs. There's book a free consultation all over the website buttons you can hit. And then Instagram is the same. It's reset your nest. It has underscores in it, but reset your nest. 
And you are also servicing other areas, not just locally, correct? Yes. Up until this point, we travel. We've traveled to quite a few states. But starting in the fall, we are planning to open a few more locations. And then in 2023, um, many more after that. So it will, it will continue to actually be local in different regions as well. Love it. So exciting. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Super fun. Thank you for listening to the Passion to Profit podcast. If you loved it, please let us know so we can create more content that will be useful to you. We would also like to invite you to our free masterclass on attracting high paying clients. Just visit barbiejoe.com to register for our next free masterclass so you can start filling your calendar with high paying clients and step into a full-time business and not just a hobby. We want to show you how to make more money in less time.